Welcome to How Travel Writers Self-Publish. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book written, self-published, and marketed to a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. As travel writers, we need to create content that is descriptive enough to transport our readers to a specific location or help them imagine encountering the people we've met so that they can experience the scene you're sharing and make them feel like they're a fly on a wall and they're part of the experience. The more senses you rely on and the more specific your word choice, the better you can convey your experiences and improve your travel writing. So in today's podcast, we're going to look at these five senses in a little bit more detail. How many times have you read a travel article where a travel writer has made a statement that the landscape is beautiful or nice or amazing? But that doesn't really describe anything, does it? It's a generic response to what they're seeing. You haven't got a clue what they're talking about. So if you want to be an effective travel writer, you have to translate what you see into words without reverting to those bland adjectives and adverbs. When you look at a person, a place or a thing, it can be overwhelming to know where to start the descriptive process. But the best approach is to scan what you're looking at and then break what you're seeing down into individual elements before trying to assign an overall value to it. Here's some examples of some sight elements. So when we're looking at people, how tall are they? What age are they? What color are they? What's their body stance tell you about their mood? For example, they're standing there with a frown on their face and their arms crossed. What's the composition of the scene you see? Is there any symmetry of what you're looking at? What's the shape? What's the size? What's the color? The height, the width, the depth. You can describe something in comparison to something else. An old farmer double bent by age could be compared to an old oak tree. All of these elements can be described by pure observation. And having good observation skills is critical for any writer, not just travel writers. We need to make sure that we're looking around our environment and looking for any unusual characteristics that make the bland seem interesting. If you imagine you're describing what you see to someone who's blind, it can help you to pick out the details that are important to convey. Now let's look at the sense of hearing. There are so many different auditory distractions in our day-to-day life that we tend to filter out unimportant sounds. But when writing about what we're hearing, we need to be aware of all the different sounds around us. Not just the chatter of voices, but background noises that contributes to a sense of place. Here's some examples of sound elements. The volume, the strength or weakness of the sound, any kind of distortion, the direction it's coming from, the pitch, the intensity, the frequency. Is it man-made or natural? Is there an accent or an intonation in a voice? The location, i.e. is it background or foreground? When was the last time you listened to the voices and noises around you? It helps to close your eyes so that you can focus on what you're hearing and block out that visual stimulus which tends to dominate. Some sounds are reassuring and others are unnerving or disconcerting. And when we use sound to describe a person, a place or a thing, you're making it easier for your reader to get a sense of the surroundings. 
A handy way to transport yourself back into a specific moment in time is to record your surroundings. You could use your phone or an MP3 recorder. Then when you're writing your article, you can play back these auditory souvenirs and you'll be transported back into that moment in time. I find that these recordings are a great way of picking up on sounds and background noises that I hadn't heard at the time because my senses were overloaded by other stimuli. Now let's look at the sense of taste. Did you know that we have over 100,000 taste buds that can detect different chemicals and minerals in food so that we can distinguish nutritious from harmful or even poisonous substances? Our taste buds use this information to elicit five different sensations, and they're salty, sweet, bitter, sour, and umani, which is a Japanese word for pleasant, savory taste that is distinct from saltiness. Although we initially associate taste with food, we can also use our sense of taste to describe other experiences, like the taste of salty air or the smoke from a fire. What we refer to as taste also involves a combination of touch and smell. As food touches our mouths, we can feel its temperature and it's almost an automatic reaction to smell the aromas of the food so that the perception of flavour comes from your nose before your taste buds get a chance to experience it. There's a well-known saying that we eat with our eyes and a visually appealing plate of food can get our taste buds salivating. And let's not forget your sense of sound. Consider the crunch of your spoon cracking through the hard caramel layer on a creme brulee. Whether you're eating or drinking, your brain integrates all of the different stimuli from each of your sensory inputs, which makes the experience of tasting food a multi-sensory adventure. The next sense we're going to look at is the sense of smell. Our sense of smell is intrinsically linked to our memories. And research shows that when areas of the brain connected to memory are damaged, it negatively affects our ability to identify smells. When you want to identify the aroma you're experiencing, you have to recall when you experienced that aroma before and then connect that memory to visual information that is tied to it. The reason house sellers make fresh coffee or bake just before a house viewing is to stir up homely memories for the buyer to create that emotional connection to a house. Your goal as a travel writer is to transport your reader to a place or time to experience a smell for themselves through their stored memories, rather than just sharing how you experienced it. There are specific elements that help us figure out how to describe what we see, hear or taste, but when it comes to our sense of smell, it's harder to convey. So examples of aroma elements are, is it chemical or natural? Is there a freshness or a decayed smell around it? Is it pungent or sweet or sour? When you're exposed to an aroma for a while, you get nose blind. You stop noticing it. So you may have to leave a particular location and then return to it to reacquaint yourself with the smell of your surroundings. And the fifth sense we're going to look at today is the sensory detail of touch. A vast network of nerve endings control our sense of touch and touch receptors. And there are four main types. The Meccano receptors perceive sensations such as pressure, vibrations and textures. 
the thermoreceptors perceive temperature of what your skin feels and the highest concentration of thermoreceptors are around your face and ears. And then you have pain receptors, which perceives pain or stimuli that could cause damage to your skin or body. And then proprioceptors sense the position of your body parts in relation to each other and your environment. Here are some examples of touch elements. Hard, soft, tingle, itch, rough, smooth, pain, tickle, hot, cold, loose, stiff. In addition to these fact-based touch systems, you also have a discriminative touch system based on the emotional response to a touch. This system changes your physical reaction to touch based on the social context. For example, being hugged by a friend versus a stranger could both physically feel the same, but your emotional response to that hug would be different. This occurs because your brain gets information about the situation's social context from other parts of your brain. When it comes to relying on your five senses, you can't underestimate the role they play at turning bland travel writing into engaging content. And the most surefire way of improving your travel writing is to become an active observer of your environment. Search on Amazon for my five senses travel journal which is designed to help you capture your observations based on your five senses. It's compact enough for you to be able to take away on your travels, and it means that you're capturing the important elements of your travel writing that help you convey a sense of place. When you focus on those important elements, it elevates your travel writing and helps to engage your reader and transport them to the destination. Also, why not check out my website to download a free PDF version of this podcast content. You've been listening to How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show, hosted by travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.